You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. The guiding is is absolutely my dream job. Whether it's you know whether it's taking you know whether it's the hardcore angler come going out there that that understands these fish and understands you know I, I, they want a trophy. It's it's they call it musky hunting for a reason. You're no, it's very rare you go out and and shoot a trophy buck on the first day out in the deer stand, right? Like that's that's mm. exactly what we're doing with muskies. So you know I love those trips with guys that understand and that are you know bought in for three four days of, of hardcore hunting um but i also love the trips with with families with kids and and you know just going out perch fishing or bass fishing and uh, I, I love that stuff too so yeah it's it's absolutely my dream job to be able to share the passion and, and educate and, and just spend that time on the water with people bringing the biggest names in hunting fishing and the outdoors together in one place the bc outdoors show march 24 to 26 2023 at the chilliwack heritage park in chilliwack british columbia fly fishing fly tying outdoor gear lodges fly shops rods boats rvs and much more see you there at the bc outdoors show march 24th to 26 in chilliwack bc Get ready for the 2023 fly fishing season with the Fly Crate. We have hundreds of trout, bass, panfish, and saltwater flies, ranging from the classic elk hair caddis to jigged Euro nymphs. Join thousands of other fly anglers who fish with the Fly Crate. Listeners of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast get 10% off their first order, plus receive free shipping on all U.S. orders over $45. Order today. Go to www.theflycrate.com and use the promo code FLYFISH97 to save 10%. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, capturing the fly fishing life. Featuring in-depth conversation with fly fishers from all walks of life. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop, your source for all things fly fishing. DamianAndy.com, featuring custom music by Damian Anderson. Find out more at D-A-M-I-O-N-A-N-D-Y.com. Broken Tippet Fly Company. For blog and fly fishing apparel, check out brokentippet.com. And Wait For It Films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, visit Wait For It Films on YouTube or at thewaitcreativeco.com. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you were joining us today, and uh, we're going to do what we like to do around these parts, and that's seek out passionate people in the fly fishing space, find out why do you do this, where's that passion come from, what brings you to the water. We're going to head out to a beautiful part of Canada, Fredericton, New Brunswick to be specific. We've got Marlon Prince on the line. Marlon's a professional guide, a.k.a. St. Johnny Socks. He's chasing muskie on the fly, Atlantic salmon, smallmouth, pickerel, striped bass, trout, even sturgeon. I'm sure that's probably not on the fly, but he could correct me on that. Marlon, thanks, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. It's uh, it's always good to talk fishing, especially in the off season. We're uh, chomping at the bit for this uh, for this ice to melt here and get going. And and you are correct. The the sturgeon is. Uh, 
we 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 go to crawlers there for that one (laughs) i i feel that i feel that ice thing too it's been a weird winter but hopefully won't be too long i always like to start the show off marlon with your kind of story on how fly fishing kind of surfaced where did you kind of first get your kind of passion for fly fishing so it's like i can answer that one pretty easily i uh I grew up, you know, dad, dad was uh, great. He, he got the, he got me bit by the fishing bug real, real young. And it was, you know, it was, we were pretty casual fishermen. I would say it was, uh, it was more about the, just the time up North, uh, the camping, the, you know, the shore lunches, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we kind of fished some bass, you know, in the early mornings when they were hitting top water and if the bite died off, we'd, we'd quit and then uh, go back out at sunset when it got hot again. Um, when I moved east, uh, so so I grew up in Ontario, uh, spent some time out west. When I moved east, I, I really got really into the fishing again. I, I got into smallmouth bass and chain pickerel and trout and striped bass, but this was all on conventional tackle. Um, I had caught a muskie before, just before I moved away from Ontario, one muskie, and I knew they were tough to catch, but it's not something we ever really pursued. Um, when I found out the, there was muskies on the east coast, um, you know, I, I figured like, Hey, we'll, we'll go out and, uh, you know, instead of catching like 30 a day, we'll, we'll catch three or four a day. Cause they're muskies. They're a little bit tough. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not what happened. Uh, even with conventional tackle, I mean, you can go days without getting a bite, but, uh, I, I was, I, I was bit by the bug. I mean, I, it just, it, it became a passion really quick with, even with the conventional tackle. Um, and I guess for someone that chooses a fish like muskie, it's like, why not make it even harder? So <laughs> for for me, fly fishing was like, you know, that stereotypical dude with the hat and the waders and, and you know, they're maybe sometimes a little rude to uh, the spin fishermen guys. And, and I kind of had that attitude and that's what I thought about fly fishing. It never interested me. Um, when I got into muskie though, uh, I, I, I took a peek at uh, the Zero to Hit Hero video with Brad Bowen. And I was, it just opened me up to this whole new world of, of fly fishing, you know, uh, not just muskies, but, you know, Kelly Gallup, um, mm-hmm. looking at all these guys throwing streamers, this whole different world of fly fishing. I had no idea existed. Uh, and I was, you know, it became a passion really quick. So I, I ordered a 10 weight. I think it was a pike saber. Uh, at the time was the cool rod to have. And so I ordered a pike saber, some big, you know, flies, and this was all UK stuff, uh, Dave McFluff Chucker, I think is his name. Uh, and I was out in the driveway. I, I would, I remember I'd have to keep the heater going. I'd heat up the rod and line and everything. So nothing would freeze. This is February. And that's how I learned how to fly fish was in my driveway, watching YouTube videos. And, and the neighbors are looking at me like, what the heck? That's not, you know, it, these are people knew what fly fishing is in the East coast, but they don't know what these giant flies are. And they don't, most of them didn't even know what a muskie was, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but you know, that, that was it. And it, and, and I just, I stopped packing spinning gear. I stopped packing conventional gear and just totally, uh, totally committed to the fly for a few seasons. I wanted to just see how, how far I could push it and uh, eventually started to become pretty successful with it. That's amazing. Driveway fly fishing. Love it. Yeah. I've been, I've done, <laughs> I've done a bit of that myself. Let's talk 
influences. I, I like to know what kind of influenced you. So, you know, you, you mentioned Kelly Gallup and some other uh, others just off the bat here. But if, if you would kind of take it down to a personal level and say, okay, this person really influenced me or I, I got a few tips or maybe this this guide mentored me a little bit, who would you look to? Who would you cite as influences, Marlon? I mean, like I said, Brad Bowen was was that guy that you know. To me, he he let it all hang out there. He was one of the first guys to do it with with the fly, um, you know. And then as as I kind of got back in, into melding both together, like like the conventional tackle and the fly, I really started to look up to guys like um, Larry Dahlberg. Um, you know, that's a guy that does it all. He he uses he uses. Um, influences from both worlds mm-hmm. you know he, he's that innovation comes from you know using a zara spook and, and going how can i make a fly move like that yeah. uh blaine chocolate does the same um you know and, and at the time when i got into musky fly fishing um you know there, there wasn't facebook groups there was like a few books out there and a couple threads like in the depths of the internet there if you really dug in you could find a forum where a few guys uh, had said they were doing it so it was all very new and i i can remember like seeing a blaine chocolate fly and just like emailing and reaching out and eventually like i got on the phone with blaine chocolate and i just thought this is the coolest thing like this this kind of under at the time very underground world um it, it was all developing the the fly lines the rods everything um and, and to be able to reach out to those guides and, and you know how busy they are you know they're they're guiding 30 out of 31 days in a month um so for a guy like that to give me his time and kind of talk flies and fly design and stuff was was super cool to me and and you know that that's the number one thing though like back to the question about where the influence comes from is just guys that aren't afraid to take from both worlds mm. uh, i i know like i know when you you know i've i've read i've read and watched kelly gallup interviews and he said a lot of his flies came came from watching you know bass tournaments and and taking bass lures out going how can i get a fly to move like that um so i've never been afraid to to kind of you know cross those boundaries and and go go from one world to the next Uh, i think that's how you push the limits and 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 just make things better i absolutely love that because i think there's we don't give enough kudos to the gear guys and i say that as an avid fly fisher but when i look at these segmented minnow patterns and then i start looking at you know patterns like the dalai lama or some of these ones that are they look real and 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 the fact that you got to give some props to some of those gearheads because I'll tell you what, it's driven tying to a new place in in my opinion. Agree a hundred percent. And I'm, you know, I'm always, uh, I, I guess I've learned over the years, like, um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to tie like a one off or, or, or a prototype, just, just tie one. <laughs> Don't tie like five or six because it looks great at the vice. Take it out there, you know, as soon as you can, see what it does, and then tweak it and improve on it. Um, you know, I, I can't remember who, but I, I you know, I remember uh, uh, watching an interview with someone, and, and you know, they'll tell you um, nine out of ten of these prototypes, like they fall right on their face, but you can take a little from each one, and and you know that that's how you that's how you push it further and, and yeah. come up with new stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm the king of the one-offs and trust me, my buddies give me the gears on that because it's like, you know, you just never know when it's going to work. And it, and sometimes I'll pull something out of the box and it's like, 
I don't have another one, and and I'm not BSing you. This is it, and it's lights, <laughs> it's lights out. Right. I, I had I had one last year called the Eraserhead, and it's basically like a, a drunken disorderly with um, you know those kind of like it's like a triangle angled eraser piece oh, uh, yeah. that goes on the end of your pencil. You can get them at Staples, and and it's just funny where you find this stuff, right? But uh, I, I tied that thing up, and and man, it made a it made a killer early season bait for uh, largemouth and smallmouth. Really. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah. so how much of uh, your life is consumed with tying? I assume the winter is probably a big, big session for you. Yeah. These, these days I haven't been, I, I guess it's, it's come with time where I kind of know what I need and I can sit down, um, you know, do a big session and, and get what I need for this season. Uh, I, I guide so much these days. I, I've, I, I definitely, uh, I, I know what they mean when they say like a guide fly is, is pretty simple, easy to tie and you can bang a bunch of them off, get them in the box and it produces. Um, there's definitely something to be said for flies like that. I mean, a clouser minnows are still a go-to for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it, 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 that's a guide fly. <laughs> you can, you can tie that thing up and, and you can fill the box pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so for sure. I mean, I think in the past, you know, just, just getting your techniques down, um, spending so much time at the vice. I, I, I can't, I can't say I do that anymore, uh, as much, but, uh, now I kind of sit down with a purpose and I, I can fill the box with what's needed. Uh, and like I say, not waste as much time on the one-offs until I know they work. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I want to take some time to get to know you on and off the water. You ready for a few kind of questions to get to know you? Sure thing, man. Yeah, day, go for it. Day to day in Fredericton area. All right. So tunes, when you're headed to the St. John or your favorite stretch, what's playing in the truck on the way there? Man, I am all over the map with music. I I, uh, I played in a punk ska band as a, as a kid, as a teenager. I was a, I was a drummer and I still have a drum kit. Uh, great uh, mental and physical release once in a while just sitting behind the kit but um you know i i love bluegrass i love you know kind of that new age stuff uh, i guess the new age bluegrass i love um some uh, there, there's some great new country coming out there like childers and sturgill that stuff mm-hmm. um but i guess going to and from the water stands the test of times the tragically hip um mm. being american as i mentioned earlier we we you know we had no idea who the tragically hip were but uh we we were headed up north and we we had this tape. Dad was, you know, he he loves music, and we'd have all kinds of tapes. And I, he bought it just because he liked the name. And I remember we had like, you know, we had run through everything. You know, those road trips where you've listened to everything you got, and you know, we I can still remember taking the wrapper off that tragically hip album, throwing it in in the deck, and like both of us kind of going, "Wow, this is this is really good." So it became a tradition every year. Um, you know, in the spring when me and dad would go up north, we'd buy the new hip album, pop it in, and, and it kind of became our soundtrack to, to our trips uh, to the north country in, in, in Canada. And, uh, you know, it, it stuck with me all those years. So the, the hip has definitely stood the test of time and, and still one of my favorite bands. Being that you're from Cincinnati originally, now, you know, living in Canada as a guide, what's the biggest misconception that Americans have about Canadians? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're not as I, I'd, I'd say we're not quite as nice as everybody thinks we are. We 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 can have a mean streak too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry, I I know I gave you a list that was not on the list. Just kind of 
That, that's all good. That's yep. all good. I'll, I'll tell you one that is true. I, I don't know if if, if it's uh, the it rings true in the fly world as much as the conventional gear world, but uh, in the musky world, they they say the Canadian side is fishing out into the open water. So if you're working a shoreline, mm-hmm. um, you know Americans tend to really like to you know they work the the fallen trees, the rocks, uh, the drop off right off the shore. Where and we call that the American side of the boat, and and the Canadian side is is kind of casting out into the open water. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it always pays. I don't know how many times I've heard that story where someone's like, "Man, I I wasn't catching anything, and I was I was banging the shoreline, just working it, and I just turned around and threw one out into the middle of the lake or the middle of the river, and all of a sudden I got this monster." Right? There's a lot of a lot of stories that start and end like that. So hmm. don't be afraid to fish the Canadian side. You kind of alluded to the clouser already, but What's one fly pattern for muskies that you cannot live without? Man, these days I got to say the game changer. Um, ah. You know, Blaine, Blaine freaking nailed it on that one. It can be tied so many different ways. It can do so many different things. Um, you know, a, a fly that you can double hand strip and it, it looks like it's swimming. And then you can, you know, one of my favorite things to do is, is rip those to the boat as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And then kind of halfway through, uh, switch from a double hand strip to a single hand strip. And when, when that thing hangs and pauses, uh, you know, turns sideways on a fish's face. Uh, and then all of a sudden you change that motion up completely. Um, not, not only is it doing things that previously I think flies couldn't do that, that, you know, only crankbaits could do or swim baits could do, but now you're doing something that, you know, conventional tackle guys can't really do. You can switch that up to the back to the boat and and make it turn from a a fly that's running away from a fish to a fly that's hanging and undulating and and teasing them. So um, I put my tweaks on it. I've I've got some videos out there. If you if you go, if you just search on Facebook or uh, or YouTube, uh, you'll you'll see the way I tie mine. And and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I honestly last year I put a game changer on. Uh, early in the season and i i had to change the leader a few times but that that fly didn't come off till the end of the season and it it produced every trip for me what's a go-to color for you in a game changer just curious for muskie well i i don't get honestly i i don't get too crazy about colors i personally don't think muskies care about color that much Hmm. um you know i i'm not fishing super clear water but uh you know I, i i'd go with my whites you know, if I ha- if I could only pick pick one color, it would be white or, or maybe a white and black fly for some contrast, mm-hmm. um, or or something perchy. You know, like like yep. the you know a fire tiger, a chartreuse, something like that. I like the way you verbalize that. Something perchy, <laughs> or any <laughs> orange, green, black. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Where where do you go to talk fishing when you're not out there? So like, is there a fly shop? Um, is it like country treasures or something out there? There's, there's, there's some shop in your neck of the woods, but I know there's not a lot of fly shops, coffee shop, pub, like where do you get your fill when you're not out there, Marlon? I, I mean, these days with social media, you know, I, I can sit and, and, uh, you know, I, I can sit down at, uh, you know, sit down at the end of the night and, and pour a drink and my, uh, my phone, there's plenty of messages, guys that want to talk fish, especially in the off season, especially now that we're starting to get some nicer weather. But uh, as far as shops go in town, um, unfortunately, we had Fredericton Outfitters, which was an outstanding shop, um, really fly-centric, but very Atlantic salmon, salmon kind of based. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've got Minnow Tackle, and, and you know they do it all. They do conventional gear and fly, 
but uh, I got to say they've just done such an incredible job kind of embracing the new generation of fishermen out, out east. Um, got to remember, we, we've really only had muskies on the east coast since the early 2000s is kind of when the fishery got started and guys really started fishing for them. Mm-hmm. So not everybody embraced them, especially, you know, guys, you know, the tackle business and whatnot. They, you know, the, it just wasn't on their radar. Um, this new minnow opened just before the pandemic, I think it was. So they've only been around a few years, but I, I mean, they they have the biggest selection of musky gear. Um, they're very open to, to all the, the, like I said, that new generation of anglers and, and what guys are doing on the water. They're everyone that works there are, are fishermen or fisherwomen. And, you know, it's, it's just awesome to go into the shop and talk to them. Let's talk sports. Um, are you a sports guy, first off? And if you are, who are you pulling for? Oh, uh, man, I, I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not embarrassed to say, but I, I just don't watch it anymore. I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up being, being a Cincinnati boy. Um, I'm a Reds fan. I always have been. I love that, uh, you know, they got Votto, the Canadian um, I, I played a lot of baseball growing up. I actually played against Joey Votto at one point, um, <laughs> but it just wasn't the path for me. I, I think uh, I think I would have been a. I think I was cut out for baseball and like you know in, in in Babe Ruth's day, probably would have been better. You know, having a sip of whiskey and riding the train to games. Uh, I I just don't I just don't love where the money's taking it. I, I was big on hockey as well growing up, but uh, it's just hard for me to watch. You know, it's it's. Uh, so based around the money guys don't stick with one team um you know i i can sit and watch any sport and any game like i said i play pretty high level hockey and baseball but um i just can't get into it and follow it i've just uh just i've got too many boats to work on too many ties to fly (laughs) or flies to tie and uh and yeah i just i just can't i just can't get that into it what's in the glass right now I heard those. right now uh, it's the it's the the go to cocktail at home uh, is is the dark and stormy. Oh, come on, seriously? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a it's a year round. I'd say it's a just it's a, it's a solid solid choice. What's in that? So a dark and stormy is uh, black rum, squeeze of lime, yep. and ginger beer. Yeah, that's so that's my buddy's go to when we're out in the water uh fishing and, and camping and and i didn't know what it's uh it almost yeah it's a hell of a drink hmm. it's not bad i i'm i am a scotch drinker i i do love my single malt my my eyelids but uh for for just around the house every now and then yeah not nothing wrong with a dark and stormy any time of year i love it shout out to Sheffy. that's his go-to i think he picked that one up in bermuda or something but man yeah that's that's where well my father went to bermuda and he came back and uh actually i took him to the french river kind of returned the favor for all the trips he had done for me. And I, uh, I'll never forget sitting around the fire. Uh, that's when I had my first dark and stormy with him. So I love it. That's awesome. Let, let's talk lessons. Um, and when I say lessons, I mean, what do you get out of this Marlon? Like what, what does fly fishing bring into your world? I mean, the fly side of things is, it's, it's, it's just, it's something special to, sit down at the vice and, and, you know, take chicken feathers and, and, and deer hair and put it on a hook and, and, you know, you're watching every fiber go on there. You know, I'm, I'm pretty particular uh, about my flies. I, I, I don't care as much how they look, but I know how they're going to swim. Um, and I guess 
sitting there in February tying that fly, thinking, visualizing what it's going to do in the water, and then it, and then it comes true, and you get out there and you look at that fly, um, yeah, and then to fool a fish like a musky with it is is just it's next level. I and and I don't. There are certainly situations where fly fishing you're you're making it tougher on yourself. Uh, I as as I've you know gotten more experience as an angler and a guide i try to avoid those situations i know i don't try to force it mm-hmm. but uh when you know it, it, it's not a disadvantage there are there are times when a fly is the best tool to get the job done uh but it takes a lot of work a lot of dedication to get to that point where it's a deadly tool so to me uh it, it's it's that you know muskies are that blue collar trophy and it takes work it doesn't matter who you are um, you know, how much you paid to get on the best water or, or whatever it is, you've got to do that work and you've got to be, you know, zeroed in on that fish and your fly and, and, and just so in tune with everything that's going on. Um, yeah. But, and, and I mean, when you, when you hook that fish, it's a tug of war with, you know, the most mm-hmm. badass fish in fresh water. There's, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> yeah, amen. So, so talk to me about when you're not fishing, what are you normally doing? these days um this year i my my i I had a full-time job that kept me quite busy um that fell through the company got bought out and and shrunk and it's like i i don't have kids um you know i'm in a comfortable situation i got a great girlfriend and it's like why wouldn't i chase this dream so that happened about two months ago and I just said, you know what, like I'm, I'm keeping my options open, obviously, in, in the business world and, and, you know, for other employment. But it's like, man, I've, it's all been building towards this point. Why not give it everything you got and chase the dream? You know, it would kill me uh, to, to sit there one day and, and wonder what if, you know, what if I had done it? So I'm, I'm going to do it. So right now I'm working on boats. I've got four, four boats and, and motors in the driveway that, uh, you know, all need to be tweaked and taken care of and, and ready to go for the season. So right now that is my full-time job uh, leading up to the season is just making sure, you know, every trailer's got fresh bearings, every motor's got fresh spark plugs and is ready to purr and, and, and get the job done. You know, you treat your tools right and they'll treat you right. Mm, well said what's the best gig you've had like are you living your dream job right now the guiding is is absolutely my dream job whether it's you know whether it's taking you know whether it's the hardcore angler come going out there that that understands these fish and understands you know i, I they want a trophy it's it's they call it musky hunting for a reason you're no it's very rare you go out and and shoot a trophy buck on the first day out in the gear stand right like that's that's mm. exactly what we're doing with muskies so you know i love those trips with guys that understand and that are you know bought in for three four days of, of hardcore hunting um but i also love the trips with with families with kids and and you know just going out perch fishing or bass fishing and putting a bobber and worm on uh, I, I love that stuff too so yeah it's it's absolutely my dream job to be able to share the passion and, and educate and and just spend that time on the water with people Something on your uh, website, or uh, I can't remember where it was in your dot com or what I was looking at, but it's you said something about basically if if kids are under a certain age, they're just coming out for free. Is that that kind of? I haven't heard that a lot. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's very important to me. You know, I think in this day and age, with with social media, with all the video games, with with all the you know that virtual world, that uh, 
the, the kids get tuned into this. I, I think, uh, like I, like I mentioned earlier, my father put it in me and still didn't me brought me up North when I was a kid. And, and, uh, you know, there was many years where there was more important things than fishing in my life for sure. And I, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't top priority, but I came back to it because I, I got that in me as a kid. Um, so I, it's very important to me and, and to, to take kids out and, and show them, you know, really what it's all about. And it's, it's not just about, you know, the biggest fish or whatever and, and the most numbers. It's about that whole experience getting on the water and just just enjoying nature and the resources we have. We were chatting a bit before we kind of jumped on this, and you mentioned you were chasing the money in the oil patch and, and doing other things. But you talked about your best job. What's What's the toughest job you've had to date, one that you might not want to do again oh man um you know i i think the worst job i ever had was uh was working at a recycling plant it was uh i was just out of high school and uh being so involved with sports i had uh i had gotten into i got a a gig with a moving company so you know i was i was so used to working out and and 4 a.m wake-ups and all that stuff that like you know what? I get to do. I get to move furniture. It's just like working out, but I get paid. That was great. <laughs> but uh, that I moved and and I had to find a new job real quick. And yeah, I volunteered at a recycling plant, and it wasn't horrible in the winter. But I, when when that uh, when that sun hit in the summer, man, oh, the smell! It, it was disgusting. And uh, luckily, uh, a family member saw that I was a hard worker and uh, gave me a try uh, at a construction gig, and I, I stuck the carpentry for quite a while. <laughs> through that so it was only for a few weeks it was a horrible job well it sounds like you're you're living your best life right now we got marlon prince on the line professional guide aka saint johnny socks out of fredericton new brunswick specializing on the saint john river chasing a lot of muskies on the fly and uh having a lot of success i know you guys have striped bass pickerel smallies and atlantic salmon and even sturgeon sounds like uh Sounds like you're not hurting for species out there, but um, I want to take to, some time to get to know your fishing. So l- let's talk about this musky obsession you got. So for the average person that maybe hasn't got out for musky, if they're getting in your boat and you're going to go chase them, what what do they need? Like, talk to me about gear, leader, flies. What, where do we start? I, I mean, I, I supply everything on my guide trips. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, though, here... Uh, we're throwing 12 weights uh, if we're throwing single hand rods. Um, you know, there, there's some there's some really cool custom stuff that I'm I'm sure is going to be on the market here soon uh, with most of the bigger companies. Um, I I love my salt. You know, I, we borrow a lot from the saltwater world. I am a huge huge fan of the Hardy Centric stuff. Um, it just lasts. Uh, you know, we're pushing this stuff to the limit. You're you know there's there's no lie and these flies are like wet socks you can you can tie them sparsely but uh you know i i don't i don't mind you know get getting a big thick heavy fly out there to me it pushes water it leaves an imprint um these fish hunt with their lateral line so that's that's completely necessary in my mind so uh, i'm usually throwing 12 weights uh 450 grain um you know 30 foot sink tips that kind of stuff mm-hmm. real short leaders uh i go i go with uh the coated steel these days uh, i've tried fluorocarbon i know some guys are a fan i'm i'm a believer that it's not a mat it's not a matter of if you're gonna get bit off it's just when you're gonna get bit off 
Mm. So, so steals for me, the way to go. Um, other than that, you, you got to have a strong, strong arm and, and, and willpower uh, mentally, I think is the big thing. Um, being in the, being in the Northeast, uh, I, I do get a lot of clients from, uh, like the Northeast States and, and a lot of these striper guys, they make great musky fishermen. Any, anybody that can stand out there in those, uh, you know, like Montauk and stuff like those guys that can stand <laughs> out and surf yeah. and they're getting, I mean, some of the videos and the footage these guys are, are, are showing me like, yeah, if you can swim out to like a, a barren rock in the middle of the night and they freaking shark, <laughs> like yeah, you could you could probably handle a day of musky fishermen, right? Like so they they make great musky fishermen. Um, I love having those guys on my boat. They understand we're we're fishing for one or two bites a day. You know that that's generally you know most guys who chase these muskies will agree. Like um, on a good day, you're gonna get a lot of chances. You're gonna see a lot of fish. When I say a lot, that might be like, you know, 10. If, if a musky fisherman sees 10 fish follow to the boat and a couple of them commit and try to bite your fly, that's a really great day. Um, some days you might you, you might only get that one that one fish. Mm. Um, my, my largest musky on the fly uh, was in the middle of a hot, windless, just, just sun beating down August day. And uh, I remember telling my buddy in the boat, I said, We're, we might get one chance today that that'll be it and that that fish hit on a figure eight if you're not familiar with that um when you're musky fishing and and you bring your fly to the boat you don't just stop and start and take another cast you draw a figure eight or a circle boat side and these fish will come out of the blue like you don't even see that fish behind your fly you just do that every time and, and this fish was probably sitting under our boat for a few casts prior and it just decided to pounce on it and then all i saw was that big gold green flash and, and you know the line goes tight and that was it that's the only fish we saw that day what are these muskies chasing like what's certain whether it's in the saint john or wherever you're having to be like are we talking perch or like what species are they kind of targeting in your mind the, the St. John's really rare where it's a rare situation where we have ocean run fish. So, you know, everything's connected to the Bay of Fundy on the St. John River. That's where it drains into. So we have Gaspero, uh, which are like a herring. There yeah. are blueback herring mixed in with them or shad. Um, you know, they're eight to 10 inch uh, oily, fatty, really fast moving um, fish that come up to spawn in the tributaries. They come in by the, tens of millions um so that time of year they are 100 eating those we also have like an insane amount of white perch yellow perch um brown bullheads which are almost like it's like a small catfish um or suckers uh honestly muskies are eating whatever is easiest yeah they're they're the king of the jungle um you know the blade chocolate talks about a lot they're they're like a lion They'll sit and kind of just tune off everything, tune out everything for perhaps a week at a time, a couple of days. They'll they kind of just go comatose and lay there, and then all of a sudden they wake up and they get the urge to eat, and uh, it's kind of whatever's closest by and whatever they don't have to work the hardest for. Hmm. Well, I, I got to give my uh, my buddy Smitty kudos for uh, for suggesting I reach out to you, man. I'm, I'm loving this chat. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about your your fly tying setup, because um, I mean you're tying some I assume some bigger patterns here, whether it's Dalai Lamas or Clausers or, um, you know, w- what type of vice first off, Marlon? Do you like to tie on? I like to talk equipment. I've been running a peak for. 
just a standard peak with the standard jaws for the past geez five six years and and honestly i haven't changed a thing on it now i I don't get down i i I, we're talking all this musky i do fish for salmon i do fish for trout i do fish for uh you know stripers and and all these other species so i i you know my 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 box is is loaded with a with a lot of smaller flies so i mean i get down to like a size eight maybe even a size 10 uh and up to seven odd and the peak has just performed flawless for me Mm. i know you know, I've heard guys rave about the other options that are out there. I just, I just don't see a reason to use it because, uh, you know, my peaks have. I've got two of them on the bench, and uh, they've they've treated me so well after all these years. What about go to hook? Like, is there a go to hook you like to use for your minnow patterns? For my musky stuff, I've actually been running, and and I've I've gotten some flack from some of the traditional guys on this, but. I've been running split rings to treble hooks and uh, mm. uh, real small treble hooks. But uh, so I, I'm primarily tying my musky stuff on shanks these days. Um, okay. You know, I, I always give my, my clients the option. I actually, I, I talked to someone about this the other day on Facebook and, you know, I said, I get it. Like, yeah, it's, it may not seem traditional. Um, to me, it's kind of silly to draw those lines in the sand, um, but it's supposed to be fun and, and whatever's fun for you is, you know, is, is it, but, uh, I mean, there's plenty of traditional salmon flies tied on double hooks. So, I mean, I could cut one point off the treble and then we could call it traditional if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, I, I'm thinking in my own brain, if you're, if you're throwing a thousand casts for one or two takes, you want to make it count. That's my, that's exactly what I tell clients. I mean, I, I use stuff cause it's proven. Uh, I, I, I do, you know, a lot of R and D on all my patterns before I pass them, uh, to a client. And, uh, I, 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 my job as a guide, I look at is to put my, my client in the most advantageous situation possible with the best gear possible that I, I know is going to perform and, and seal the deal. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully get them going home with that fish story. Right. And, and, and a picture. So, um, I recommend what works. But, I, you know, you can easily switch out with my setup. You can switch it off to a single. Um, that said, I, I really dig the, the Eric's lineup. I, I mean, they've, they've got you covered from, from mm-hmm. top to bottom. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're available. They're, they're fairly priced, and they're just great irons. I mean, they, 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 hold, they hold their points. They don't bend out. Um, and it's from trout to salmon to bass to, to muskies. They've, they've really got a sweet lineup. So I'm a big fan of the Arex hooks for sure. So you got your Arex in your peak. You got your dark and stormy on the go. What kind of thread, <laughs> what kind of thread are you? I, I like talking thread because I would imagine you need to use something that's pretty strong for these flies. If I only had one thread, and it is what what takes up the majority of my thread drawer, is, is uh, the Danville flat wax nylon. It mm. just lays flat. You can tie, you know, it, it's not that bulky. Uh, you you can you can tie all kinds of stuff with it. You know, I honestly I tie most of my trout, bass, salmon streamers. Everything everything's pretty much with flat wax nylon. What about tools uh, like, say, bobbins, or is there a is there a brand you prefer over others? Is it whatever's on your bench? Kind of whatever's on the bench and whatever's available. To be honest, um, you know, I I, uh, I I do have some some nicer some some you know I have a lot of M- uh, MFC stuff, but uh, I, I don't. You you abuse kind of like with musky flies and a lot of streamers like you know you abuse a lot of stuff. So I always. Uh, 
I kind of have like a nice pair of scissors mm-hmm. that's, you know, for, for the nice material and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the salmon stuff. And I got to always kind of remind myself like, Hey, don't, don't cut that freaking wire with a pair of your nice oh, yeah. scissors. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, I, I got to keep two pairs with me for sure. I've been there. That's it's funny how different you got to adapt your tying to whatever you're doing. Right. Like when, yeah. You, and I love that kind of turning the wire really hard, kind of heating it up and breaking it off on its own instead of using the scissors. Cause I've gone through some real good scissors <laughs> doing yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I, I get, I mean, I, I, I love it's, it's funny, man. You should see the faces on people, uh, the looks on people's faces here when I go to fly tying nights, because uh, you know, we, we've got some uh, incredible tying talent uh, in the Maritimes. Um, a mm. lot of, uh, you know, traditional Atlantic salmon fly tires that are, they're tying the classics. And I, I mean, the stuff they're doing is just, uh, I mean, it's art. Um, I, I always kind of look at myself as m- almost more of a lure builder. Um, you know, like, mm. like I come from, like I, we talked about earlier, that Larry Dahlberg, that, that carry that Kelly Gallup style where I, I'm tying things to move a certain way in the water. Um, you know, I wouldn't look at like a circus peanut and call it beautiful, (laughs) you know, but put it in the water, man. And she looks pretty dang good. So, uh, I, I borrow, I, I, you know, I'm always pushing the limits. I, I, you know, I, I, I my buddy, uh, and he's, he's a great, uh, salmon fly tire, but you know, I'll, I'll use like pipe cleaners like that, like the shiny pipe cleaner stuff yep. instead of Chanel. If I want a little bit of extra weight in there or use it as a thread dam, hmm. um, you know, when, uh, when the Christmas, uh, decorations and the garland and stuff goes on sale, like, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go in and I'll buy some of that stuff and like, you know, throw that in the fly. Like, hey, it looks kind of like a, a you know a, a sparkly brush. So let's let's see if we use that as a body wrap and put some bucktail over it. And um, some of that stuff works pretty good. I talked to guys that use like the the mandarin bags. You know that kind of uh, mesh bags. Um, what's a weird material that you might use that other than Christmas stuff <laughs> that you might find? <laughs> You might find uh, at a dollar store or somewhere that you go, oh, this is going to make an appearance on one of my patterns. Well, like like I said, the uh, the eraser head is, is the newest one. Uh, I posted it last year. Maybe I'll have to post that again after the podcast. Uh, if anyone's listening and they want to check it out, check out my Facebook page. But uh, I was I saw it. And I was like, that's that's going to get down there. Like that's going to bring that fly down. Uh, it's not too much weight. You know, it's it's not as heavy as tungsten or anything like that, but it, it should work perfect, and and it did exactly what I wanted it to. It it dug down deep. You can swing it, you can strip it, and you can pause it. It, it did everything I wanted it to do. So, um, like I say, there it's 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 like it's like that elongated triangle mm-hmm. um, that that you would put on the end of a pencil or whatever. It kind of fits on, and I I cut it and trimmed it a little bit, but uh, man, did it ever work good! So um, that was one of those prototypes. I think I tied two last year, and uh, I, I definitely have to get a few more spun up for this season. Yeah, I love it. Creative thinking outside the box. What can go wrong? Um, <laughs> let's talk, uh, let's talk about your dream day, man. So, so if you could have your day, your way in Marlon Prince's words, what does that look like? Like paint us a little picture. What kind of patterns you throw in? What kind of species you're chasing? I think we might know the answer to that, but, um, who are you hanging with? What's in the glass? Let us in. Uh, I mean, 
I, I've I've lived my dream days a few times, but uh, I guess if, if if I had to describe it, it would be somewhere remote. Um, it would be probably somewhere you can only get to with a jet boat or a raft. I'm I really dig river fishing. I I'm a big fan of as much as I have to do it in in my line of work, and and it produces fish and it teaches you about the river. You know, um, I'd rather not be staring at, at electronics all day. Um, you know, um, big fish come from big open water and, and you, you have to, you have to use that to your advantage to get on them. But, uh, if it was up to me, uh, I would be just drifting and, and rowing and, 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 or casting and kind of switching off with someone. Um, you know, there'd definitely be a shore lunch involved, probably a, a dark and stormy halfway through the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that kind of, I'm picturing that, you know, Canadian shield, rocky you know rapids that, that that turn into maybe like a dead water curve in the river and you know there's a big muskie there waiting for you uh and then yeah I, i'm a big big camper i i like sleeping on the ground um so we, we'd wrap it up for sure with uh with some steaks over the campfire and uh probably a, a nice glass or two of single malt giddy up love it <laughs> Where are we at in the in the fly fishing world? And you're a great person to ask this question because you're not just fly fishing. You're chasing sturgeon. You're guiding on the St. John and beyond. Um, what do you think of us as a group right now? And I say that not to be provocative or to kind of get any dirt, but where do you think we're at right now in the space? Yeah, it's hard for me to say because really, like I've I've only been fly fishing for you know what 10 15 years now uh, i've probably done more fishing than most people because i'm on the water um you know from from april from april 1 until december most years and you know i'm out there a ton but uh as far as the fly fishing world goes i i, I don't know i i don't keep as tuned into it i i think i think in the past 10 years like this whole new movement, like, like I was describing that this movement, um, kind of pushing the envelope that the Kelly Gallup, the streamers and all that, it's, it's really brought a lot of people into the sport. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. there's obviously a ton of commercial stuff. It's a business, uh, you know, at certain ends of it and, and they have to, they have to keep people buying rods and, and keep people, you know, that we got to keep the wheels spinning. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But, uh, just, you know, I, I think a lot of people are, it's brought a lot of people in tune to this style of fishing. Uh, I think there are more and more people every year that are not just fly centric. Like they're not just like, Oh, if you're, if you're throwing gear, it's that that's not really fishing or this and that. I think we're breaking boundaries that way. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of humbleness in the sport. Um, you know, guys that can laugh at themselves, the Hank Patterson's and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you gotta laugh. You, you can't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're starting to keep that in check and, and, uh, you know, stay humble and, and just enjoy our time on the water. And, and yeah, I, I love it. Have you had anything happen to you in your time on the water that you kind of makes your head, head shake or go, man, I can't believe that actually happened. Any crazy, bizarre fish stories? man one off the top of my head so i don't know if any if you know what a chain pickerel is yeah um highly invasive out here i i get why people don't like them they they do they take over systems they make for a great shore lunch um generally they'll hit a musky fly a bass fly they'll hit just about anything 
Um, you know, I actually once caught two at the same time. I had one hit a popper and then one hit the knot uh, from my leader to my fly line, it hung on. I was able to take that one and uh, kind of throw it on shore and then take the other one as well. So I got two for the price of one. Um, again, wow. they, I don't feel bad about eating them because they're so plentiful. Um, they're great eating. But uh, I think three years in a row, we would try and wrap our season up Um you know, just before ice, ice up, this was December. Like most of the shorelines would have ice covering them. And three years in a row, me and my buddies caught the same chain pickerel. We, we, we nicknamed him snubby because he had like a severely, you know, cleft lip or snub nose that looked, it, it kind of looked like Wiley coyote when he runs into the wall and his face is all <laughs> folded in. So that was a pretty cool story, you know, for, for, a, for a giant system like the St. John river, um, you know, this, this was in a system of lakes off the river where they have access to go anywhere to, to catch that fish three times in a row. And, and a lot of people do, uh, eat them or, or take them out when they catch them. So for that fish to, to survive, it's the, it's the legend of Snubby. We, we, we all say, <laughs> oh man, I love what you're up to. Why don't you throw out all your, uh, your social media, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, your dot com. Um, where do we find you if you want to book a trip on the St. John? I, I mean, you can just Google Marlon Prince uh, Muskie or Marlon Prince New Brunswick. My my name will pop up. My Facebook page will probably pop up. Um, you know, you can reach out to me uh, through private message on Instagram or Facebook. That's usually how people get in touch with me. Um, if you want to call, my number is 902-986-0529. I'm happy just to chat fishing or, or you know, tell you what's up with the bite out here. Um I should I should interject and just remind people that uh, I I am a very passionate uh, you know uh, smallmouth bass angler, Atlantic mm. salmon angler, um, brown trout and brook trout angler. Uh, I do offer all that stuff. I, I love how our season progresses out here. Uh, we're getting ready for the trout opener in Nova Scotia on April first, uh, April fifteenth. Uh, I'm going to start my uh, uh, Atlantic salmon campaign. We'll be fishing Celts uh, until early May. Um, that takes us to smallmouth season until about mid May, late May, uh, and then it's go time. It kind of all leads up to the muskies, but, uh, I, I do offer multi-species trips throughout the year. Uh, but that's pretty much how our season unravels out here. Beauty. Hey, thanks for doing this, Marlon. I really appreciate your time today and, uh, appreciate your passion and, and hope you have an amazing season on the water. Likewise, Mark, it was really great to meet you. I, I appreciate you having me on and uh, hope to talk again sometime, man. Whether we're talking circus peanuts, clousers, you name it, Marlon Prince, professional guide out of Fredericton, New Brunswick, specializing in the St. John River, muskie on the fly, but he also does sturgeon, Atlantic salmon, smallmouth, chain pickerel, striped bass, trout, you name it. Thanks for joining us this time around. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, powered by theflycrate.com, your source for all things fly fishing. Wait for it films featuring fly fishing videos and camera-related content, custom music from Damian Anderson, and by brokentippet.com.